Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tradicom Crypto Show. Today's guest is speaking to me from uh, the other side of the world. I've got a man who's been in this space since 2013, so I'm looking forward to racking his brain about all sorts of different things in this particular show. I've got Miko Otama, who's the co-founder and CTO of Token Market. Thank you so much for your time, mate. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to be here. No worries. Hey, look, first things first, I mean, I want to know a bit about your background. I mean, you got into this space in 2013, which obviously now is quite some time ago. And obviously the prices were much, much lower back then. But what were you doing prior to that? Or did you just happen to find it at a very young age? Uh, yeah. So uh, my, my background is, is uh, I'm, a, I'm a, what you people probably would call a self-taught programmer or hacker. I studied uh, management in the university, but uh, my uh, hobby and uh, profession has always been a software development. So I, I was running an open source software consultancy company before, before I entered into the cryptocurrency space. Okay. Well, that's interesting. And what got you into this space? I mean, I want everyone's got their own story as to how they came into this. But back in 2013, I mean, I suppose... It, with the background of sort of the hacking and the coding and whatnot, is that what got you in? What, what was it that it caught your attention? Yeah, yeah. So uh, even even before that, uh, I think it was uh, uh, 2012 or late 2011. I got an opportunity to uh, from one one of the early Bitcoiners to uh, build the first mobile wallet for Bitcoin, and they were they promised to pay me ten thousand USD in a Bitcoin back in the day. I declined the offer, so it was a big, 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 big mistake. Of course, <laughs> as a hint, that you know that uh, it would have been wow. a good value. But yeah, then uh, 2013, I joined uh, local bitcoins when it was being founded as a CTO. So it's local bitcoins is a peer-to-peer -peer exchange in Finland. And that got you in. So that sort of got you into the position where. So it came from a business prior to actually understanding the space. Is that right? You got asked to build a wallet. And was did you know what Bitcoin was back at that day, or was it, you didn't quite know uh, what it yeah, was when you yes, started looking yeah. into it? So of of course it was much smaller than it's now. Now it was mostly uh, you know, Bitcoin.com was the only website around, and uh, Mt. Cox was the only exchange. So it was it was very smaller than it was today. So it was a smaller community. Yeah, okay. And I mean, obviously, did you, did you just dive straight in and start buying? Did you do any mining? I mean, what was your journey into uh, actually your first purchase? I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a developer, so I, I bought some Bitcoin, of course, early. And, uh, but I have been mostly as, uh, worked as a developer, the uh, blockchain, so to say. Okay. No drama. So you've, you've come into this market. You, you've been around for quite some time. You've bought Bitcoin early. You've been around for the ups and downs of those early days. Have you, um, I mean, with, with Token Market, which is the, you know, the, the company you're running at the moment, amongst other things that you're doing at the same time, what sort of gap were you trying to fill there? What was the idea behind creating this business? Yeah. So uh, uh, what we really want to do is, is to make the uh, transacting the company shares or uh, bonds as easy as it is to make to a cryptocurrency payments. So if somebody would want to pay you or you would like to buy and invest to some company, it would be as easy as you would do a, let's say, Bitcoin transaction. And currently, it, it's definitely not. So it, it's a lot of paperwork. Uh, 
most people have no idea how to do it and uh, it generally if, if if people how how they interact with uh, either startups early early stage companies or stock markets it's it's still a uh, very ancient what's compared to cryptocurrencies so it's basically just making it easy for people to access it yeah 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 basically it's 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 a it's a making a all the people around the world to have a good access to the deals and also for the founders of the companies make access reverse so that they can they can uh, raise funds from the global audience okay so i mean i can see on the website now you've got very various different um sort of tabs raise capital stos research exchange news and about now when it comes to the raising capital side i mean this business was founded it was 2016 is that correct yeah so you went through the whole ico boom and i'm, I'm supposing that if you're raising capital you worked through a lot of icos is that right yeah we have around uh, 30 icos we've raised them uh, something like 350 million usd uh happy to say that uh, most of those are still around so uh, they they were very legit and we were very uh, truthful who we chose to work with so they are still uh, still uh working and some are some are even uh, now uh, becoming uh, like uh, let's say normal normal craft businesses yeah okay well that's quite exciting it's it's very good to make sure that you've you've got a whole bunch that have stuck around too because obviously there's been a, a lot that have not made it through that run and I mean, when it says raise capital now i mean your capital raising side of the business is it where's it focused on now is there any particular style that you're sort of focusing on at the minute obviously we've got IEOs, we've still got the odd ICO, and we've also got STOs. What's the focus at the minute, or are you across all of them? Yeah, so we are basically focusing on uh, STOs, and uh, the term term here in Europe we use for that it's called uh, equity crowdfunding. So uh, for crypto people, it would be the same as as ICOs. Uh, invest you 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 pay, and you get something back. And in this case, what you get back is company shares. And what's different from between the company shares and uh, utility tokens that as a company shareholder, uh, you can get return of investment. It's, it's not like commodities, like a gold or Bitcoin, that it just goes up and down. Companies can pay you a dividends or interest. Also important fact is that you get the information rights. It's, it's the, a lot of ICO didn't happen. And then you also have a control rights. So basically you can, uh, vote in the company meetings it's, it's basically the same as you would invest to any company but this this case your your rights to the company have been uh, tokenized and marked on the blockchain and are you seeing it i mean look it seems to be a slow trickle for the stos at the moment it seems like the infrastructure is still trying to be built i i don't see too much talk about them too much at the moment whereas a lot of talk last year that STOs were the big next big thing, and they probably will be. What are the challenges at the moment for STOs? Because I hear a lot about the volume um, being difficult to, to try and get a hold of it. Who's overcoming that and how? Yeah, so the thing here is that uh, uh, you are investing to companies. And uh, it, if you if you look from the trader perspective, they are early stage companies, let's say, uh, maximum two or three years old. And uh, to make them tradable, uh, you need to follow regulations and rules, how, how uh, 
how a company that's being traded is, is going to behave, which means like they need to uh, make uh, official audits and reports at least once in a year. They need to have uh, some control how the insiders are behaving and so on. And uh, for a lot of companies, growing to these uh, controls and corporate governance takes time. So uh, they are not going to be super exciting to trade on the first day, but they will grow there, like it would uh, happen with uh, uh, any other company. Okay, so it's basically, you're more looking at a longer term, in, like you're more looking at the investor of equity type play. Now, in, as far as information goes to towards earnings and debt ratios and all that sort of stuff, with an STO, are investors also getting access to that kind of information, balance sheets, what the business is doing? Do they have that sort of um, transparency for which you would have if it was a listed company on, say, a, a, one of the global stock markets? Yeah. So um, in, in European equity crowdfunding, what's the model we are following? Uh, it's still, uh, it's, it's still uh, private funding, so companies are not public per se. And uh, the companies can choose uh, what they will disclose. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, there are best practices for it. So of course you need to, uh, uh, when you are asking for funding, you need to disclose what depths and stuff like that you have. So uh, it's, not like, uh, it's, it's not like an IPO that you get the everything, but it's much, much better than you would have, for example, with the ICO companies that basically just uh, put the faces of the founders on the website. And is there a, a, a large demand for businesses that want to STO at the moment, or is it still a, a trickle at the moment? Uh, I would say there's some demand. It, it's, it's, it's basically a, we are competing uh, against other funding methods, basically a venture capital. And uh, most of the companies that come to us, uh, they, have, they have some kind of... Uh, uh, I, I don't say vendetta, but they have some kind of, uh, they, they don't want to go through a venture capital route because they don't want to be a, uh, uh, generally founder, founders found dealing with uh, venture capital firms. It's, it's very painful. Yep. And, uh, if, if you do it through, a uh, crowdfunding, it means that your product is so good and people believe you that it's easier for you to, uh, raise a lot of, small tickets for a large audience than a lot of uh, big tickets for a small audience. And you can basically dictate what you're going to do Whereas in a VC, they come in and they want their pound of flesh, right? Yeah. 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 Of, of course there, there, there are some limitations, what you can do. So of course there's like a no, no normal corporate governance and so on. But uh, as a founder, it, it's uh, it's a different uh, value proposition for your investors. And when it comes to the STOs, have you done a bunch of them? I mean, how far through uh, the STO cycle are you guys at the moment? Because obviously yeah. you've been there. So uh, we, we have done one. So okay. uh, we, have, we have done around 30 ICOs and none, now one STO that happens to be our own. Uh, we are uh, being regulated in, in, the, in the UK. And the regulator there is called FCA. So uh, their deal... Uh, when we propose that we want to do a tokenized equity, is that uh, they told us we need to go through a, what's called sandbox process so that uh, 
we will test it out first. And if everything uh, goes well, FCA will give us an investment firm license. This means that we are allowed to solicit investments from uh, companies. And the condition for this uh, sandbox was, was that we will tokenize our own company first. Mm -hmm. So they were like, uh, how did it go? You need to eat your own dog food before you are allowed to play with others. <laughs> and how was it? I mean, was it, was it a success? Have you completed it? Is it still going? Yeah, yeah. So we completed it. We 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 get a we raised uh, we raised uh, two hundred fifty. It was very small raise uh, as, as it was a pilot, and we had we had a uh, more than uh, one hundred investors, mostly all around the world. So at least what we pro uh, uh, we were proving there was that we can get access to all investors in the world. So we get the investors from China and Nigeria and basically everybody who can reach English can come to the website and invest. So that part, part, part definitely works there. Okay. What still, uh, what still uh, needs some more work is that uh, uh, especially the more institutional or professional investors, they find uh, STOs a uh, little bit scary tech wise because they come from the paper world and they, they know how paper works mm. and the STOs and tokens and all of this is, uh, it, it, it's, it still needs uh, some uh, assurances for them that it's going to work. And as far as the security, I mean, if you're going to buy equity in a company, usually there'll be some sort of documentation, right? Like if I'm going to buy shares, you'll have your share certificate and they'll yeah. be you know, listed and whatnot. How does it work with an STO? For those that have bought equity and through the STO into token market, how, how do they get their tokens? Where do they sit? How do they secure them? And, and what sort of reassurance do they have that they are actually theirs and you can't just run off with them? Yeah, so tokens there uh, uh, are ERC20 tokens. So you will see them in your wallet. Like ah. you, will see, uh, you, you will see your company says in your wallet, like you would see a cryptocurrency. That's the major difference because instantly you get uh, dozens of wallets that work with uh, your tokens. And you can also get the other, other infrastructure like uh, Etherscan and all of that stuff to, for proof of ownership and so on. Even, even uh, 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 DeFi or decentralized finance, you could uh, even uh, use your tokens as uh, collateral for, for, for loan. And uh, how, how it is guaranteed that uh, the structure itself, it's called a, a nominee, so that there's a law firm that represents all the token holders and that law firm is marked in the capital table of the company as a, as a shareholder or presenting those shares. Or uh, there's what we call is uh, other, other ways we call a special purpose vehicle or SPV. So other company created just to uh, own those shares and then you have a contractual right with the company. And this, this, using these two structures, we go around a lot of uh, uh, old work problems mm. that are not particular for tokenization, but also for other crowdfunding. For example, if you go to a company's house here in Europe, uh, which holds the official company records, and if you're going to print them like a, information of 2000 shareholders they are going to a screen for you so this way that we have a law firm that presents token holders and the tokens are guaranteed by a paper agreement to be a real shares uh, 
we can guarantee that the, uh, the token holders uh, will be seen as real shareholders. And who does the valuations on these projects? Because, I mean, you've got to have, if you're going to buy equity in the company, obviously, there needs to be a valuation. Of course, the companies tend to be, as you were saying, companies that are already established, which I think for at least three years. Who yeah. does that, uh, that pre-money valuation before the actual investment can be calculated? Yeah. So uh, the, uh, there can be an independent valuation made by somebody who is not going to invest or it is a valuation proposed by the company founders, or it's a valuation that uh, is proposed by a platform, in this case of token market. And it, it's usually a mixture of those three. So we will uh, negotiate with the founders and try to find a reasonable valuation. And how you value a startup, they are basically a, uh, the oldest method of valuation of companies is, is called the discounted cash flow. So you are basically just looking at the company and uh, try to estimate how much money it's going to make over the next 10 years. And also I think what's easier is, is a, a comparison, especially if you have a business that's in an uh, industry where you have other companies that are doing fundraising. So you can just com compare how, what was the valuation for this company and uh, who did you, they raise money from and so on. So come, some, come down some kind of number. And because these are early stage companies, it's, 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 uh, the risk, risks there are much higher than you would get with, uh, for example, uh, publicly listed companies on the stock market. So uh, it, it's more like you're finding a match that is good for your investment thesis than trying to uh, make it a number game because there's so, many, so much variation in the number that it's very hard to get them right. Yes. And do you have, do you sort of break down every, if you're, if there's an STO offering, are you able to get access to all the information that shows how the valuation was, uh, how they came to that valuation? Yes. And we have even uh, one of our team members, uh, Mr. Jay Passos, he used to for, for work for uh, hedge funds before mm -hmm. doing a private equity uh, uh, analysis. And uh, he has written an uh, academic paper in one of the journals that uh, how to value these companies, especially STO companies. All right. Sounds very interesting. There's a lot of information available and it sounds much more down the lines of, well, normal investing, I suppose, in, uh, in, you know, in, in basically buying equity into projects. I, I, I do like the idea of it. It's very interesting to see this, the infrastructure or the space grow. Uh, as far as the like, different people coming into the market, obviously you've been around for a long time. Are you seeing the type of person change, the type of industry, or what's the demographic? Are we seeing a new wave of somebody coming into the space now? Um, I, I wouldn't say it's a new wave. I, I think, but, but uh, uh, maybe not Bitcoin, maybe the, it was, the, I think more it was an ICO boom. It made a lot of young people to think about money, think about saving, think about investing. So we are seeing a lot of, uh, millennials coming in mm. and uh, it hasn't changed over the couple, last couple of years. So the uh, people in the twenties, they are tech savvy and they are, they don't have that much money, which is always bad for the, bad for the collect, collecting funds, but they have, uh, they understand well differently than the, let's say the old folks do. And they also want to have the investment process 
work, what, uh, what's, what's terrible. So it, you just need to go there and with your mobile, and you need to be able to do complete the processing in a few minutes. It, it can't be like a weeks long of paper process and paper mail and so on. Fast, we want speed. Well, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, getting a lot more information around STOs and what you guys are doing. Um, I mean, where, where can people find out more information about what you're up to, what Token Market's doing? And um, yeah, just to plug in and learn more. Yeah, so I, I think coming to our website, tokenmarket.net is, is the door. Uh, you can su subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, we have our own blog chair, so we are hosting it on our website. So we are starting to follow that. It's, it's a good start as well. Uh, and we are, we are uh, I think the first thing you need to do is to start a, when you come to our website, you can start a browse our deals. So they are the first thing on the website. You'll see different companies that are uh, coming uh, up with their offer and uh, seeing what could be a good, good uh, interesting match for your taste. Excellent. Well, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. Miko Otama, who is the co-founder and CTO of Token Market. Don't forget to get across to tokenmarket.net to find out what deals are up and coming and to join up to their newsletter there to be plugged into exactly what's going on uh, in the STO market and abroad. So thank you once again, Miko, for your time. I really appreciate it. I know it's very early in the morning there for you. So yes, thank you so much for your time, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic day. Speak to you again soon. Bye for now. Bye.